Hello, everybody. Welcome into Final Whistle. This is your host, Blaine Spencer. Uh, I know we haven't been uh, making as many podcasts as we would like. Uh, I was adjusting with a new job, but we're back now today. We're going to be talking about a little bit of Thursday, the Thursday night football altercation that happened last night, as well as the Colin Kaepernick situation workout that's happening on Saturday and the signing of Carmelo Anthony. So again, I want to thank you to everyone that listens to our program, and let's dive right in. So, as everyone has, may have heard from last night and Thursday Night Football, as the Cleveland Browns defeated the Pittsburgh Steelers 21-7 to last night, that ended up not being the huge altercation that ended up happening at the very end of the game. So in the fourth quarter, with seven seconds remaining, the Pittsburgh Steelers were pretty much running out the clock. It was, I believe, it was third and very long. Mason Rudolph checks it down. He gets tackled to and slammed to the floor by Miles Garrett. Rudolph then retaliates by trying to rip off Garrett's helmet. Garrett ends up ripping off Rudolph's helmet. End up being separated by Pittsburgh linemen. Rudolph then goes up and starts jawing towards Garrett. Garrett then has the helmet of Mason Rudolph's in his hand and uses it as basically a weapon and hits Mason Rudolph off the top of the head. Then Pittsburgh center Marquise Pouncey, as well as other Pittsburgh linemen, take Miles Garrett to the ground and start punching him. On the other side, another Cleveland defender lineman shoves Mason Rudolph to the ground in his blind spot, and the field basically clears. So I just want to address the situation that we've been talking about so far. Miles Garrett has completely almost lost his mind after what he just did last night. He will never be known as that number one draft pick that was taken out of Texas A&M, who was supposed to be an absolute stud, and he has played like an absolute stud. Ten sacks this year already. He will. His career is now defined by this moment. And if he is not suspended for the rest of the year, the NFL is going to be raising a lot of questions. He adamantly used a helmet. This is in Article 17 of the NFL rule book. It says, use, use of helmet as a weapon. A player may not use a helmet that is no longer worn by anyone as a weapon to strike, swing at, or throw at an opponent. And this is only a penalty for illegal use of helmet. It's a loss of 15 yards and automatic disqualification. And the NFL is so adamant on player safety. And you're telling me in the rule book that is only an automatic disqualification. This is one of the worst things. He's gone out of the echelon of what, yes, NFL, there are fights. It happens. But he has gone so far out of bounds on this. That this could potentially be the most one of the worst on-field altercation suspensions the NFL has ever given out. Uh, this has raised a mass debate of whether or not uh, this could lead to potentially legal action by Rudolph. But we also have to make this clear as well: Rudolph is not in the right either. He is playing the role as the victim here, as he was also the one who in initiated the t- by trying to wrestle off Garrett's helmet and then the further retaliation occurred. 
Yes, Mason Rudolph is not a star player. Miles Garrett is. He's one of the star players of the Cleveland Browns. It doesn't make it any worse okay for either of them to have done something like this. This is a huge issue that the NFL is going to have to address. It could lead to many suspensions, and that doesn't even account for all the fines that will be given out for all of the players clearing their benches. And Mike Tomlin said it best. He just said, I'm not going to talk about it. You saw what you saw on the field. I'm pleading the fifth, basically. But in any right, in any state of mind that this is allowed and even got to this point is incredible. The Cleveland Browns, let's just take a moment here, is, are the most penalized team. They have the most ejections throughout the season. They have no behavioral control as well as this. They already had a player disqualified in this game, Demarius Randall, for literally headshotting one of the Pittsburgh Steelers wide receivers, as well as Juju Schuster getting a concussion from a late hit by the Cleveland Browns already in this game. Cleveland was dominating on all facets. The game was over, over. Five seconds left. They're running out the clock. The game's going to end. And this happens? How on earth can this be okay? Because it is none whatsoever. Marquise Pouncey? Total respect. Yes, he started throwing punches. But however, he's defending his teammate who just got hit by his own helmet from a dude that used it as a weapon. Miles Garrett could be facing extreme legal percussions. This is a... I, I can't even imagine to describe what's going on in the NFL rooms that when they came into New York this morning to try and figure all of this out. It's ending up to being a huge mistake to un trying to understand why this happened, how this happened putting one and one and one together. As you, obviously, the refs didn't really handle the game that well because Cleveland was basically gunning for the Steelers. And that's, they were trying to ma match the physicality of the Pittsburgh Steelers. But my goodness, this was hard to watch. And for me personally, I, can, I did not watch the game. I was working at Seton Hall basketball, which I will touch upon later. And I saw this on my way home. And I just, the utter, just violent actions that were taking place was incredible. Yes, you have those on the field skirmishes, of course, with wide receivers or cornerbacks, or even in joint practice in the preseason that usually led to small skirmishes and fights and talking. But this reached a whole nother level using the helmet as a weapon. Miles Garrett, you're, you could win this team Super Bowls potentially, and you will never live down this moment that you put, put into the world yesterday. Um, one, one of the few things is that how I think this is going to be laid out. Miles Garrett suspended for the year. Mason Rudolph will either get a severe fine or a one-game suspension for being a 
for being a part of this. Uh, Marquise Pouncey will probably receive several games. And then a substantial amount of fines to almost every player that cleared the bench. Um, so it's going to be a long process. You won't hear a result probably until a cup, maybe this weekend. As they will probably be working all day today trying to figure out what is the best option to resolve this issue and try and figure out whether or not it can happen. So trying to address the – this was assault on the football field. Criminal – you're already allowed – the game of football already pretty much is allows – Assault on the football field, basically by having a physical spark that you're doing in the trenches. The offensive and defensive linemen are going at it every play. I don't think criminal option, op- actions are the are deemed the, the most just option, but it is definitely not ruled out of the question. From what I, from what I heard from Mason Rudolph's press conference, I feel like he was more just trying to say that he it's a potential option, but I think he's after in the moment he was leaning towards not at pressing charges because what the world has seen in the past, let alone thirteen fourteen hours, just explains all you need to know. But putting it, let's just let's now just take a look at the game. Cleveland dominated from in all three phases. They out out muscled them. The game was clearly in hand from the beginning. Even they dominated. Mason Rudolph played awful. Four picks. Um, but I don't. I just don't understand. The game's over. Why are you? Why is Miles Garrett driving Mason Rudolph into the ground when the game is in hand? Leading to Mason Rudolph. Rudolph's reactions, his frustrations boiling over, and then leading to this melee um, cannot be understood. So let's try and just grasp this a little bit. So from what I've what I've been uh, w- watching this morning, as well as from what I heard last night, there is a potential of Miles Garrett getting worse than what Vontez Burford got already this year, which was the 12 games. Especially, um, And then I've also heard the potential of him only getting four games. So it's a very gray area of how how the NFL is going to address, address the situation. All in all, as I can tell you this, that if this is – is not the rest of the year. The NFL is going to get extreme backlash. He needs to be done for a minimum the rest of the year. He should not see the football field. And if the Browns make the playoffs, he's just not playing the playoffs. But then you also have to factor in, does this carry into next season? There is the potential of, of maybe four to eight games into the next year. There is. It's just such a... We've never seen anything like this. The closest we can even say was Albert Hainsworth. He stomped, uh, stomped on the head of one of the players of the Dallas Cowboys, the center, 
and he received five games requiring the player to get 30 stitches. So it minimum has to be worse than that. So I'm five, so five has to six has to be the bare minimum in my opinion. So where where do we go from here? How does the NFL adjust this policy? The policy in the rules says only a disqualification of the game. There is no suspension after that in the rule book. They have a rule book for this. Like, are you out kidding me? The NFL is just as much as the wrong as the players. The NFL has no that must have not NFL did not play worst case scenario into the fold here. Where is that? And people say it may be the four games because of the result. Yes, Mason Rudolph did not get severely injured on the play. Any couple centimeters or inches from where Garrett made contact, Rudolph already had a major concussion already this year. You have to take that into account. You also have to take into account of the potential of that could have ended his football career and potentially his life if it hit if it hit him on the head in a particular way. The NFL needs to come down on Garrett and yes, this I'd be shocked if this ever happens again. But don't let that define what is going this that ever happened. This is way out there. Way in left field. Put an end to it now. Use Garrett as this guinea pig saying, oh, we will never allow this. Yes, we never foreseen this, but we will not take any light action about it. So again, Garrett, minimum of six games at least. I would potentially say you make it a couple games into the next season as well. Mason Rudolph, you are not in the right either. You're playing that victim role, but let's just say this as well. You were an instigator as just as much as Garrett was. Garrett was the one who was able to get your helmet off. And then you went back at Garrett. uh, They're trash talking. You grabbed him on the shoulder. I don't know how... Garrett interpreted it as a potential threat, but he's being held back by a Pittsburgh lineman. But Garrett, so Rudolph should be suspended. Pouncey will be suspended. And you also have to think of it this way. I don't understand how bad the, the situation in Cleveland actually is because... They're so all the potential in the world, but they create every single thing to go wrong, will go wrong when it looks like they're in the going in the right direction. They were this is their second win in a row. Their season gets better. And don't a little bit easier. They still have to play Baltimore. They have to play Pittsburgh again. So I think in 2 weeks time we're in for – I have no idea how this is going to play out, especially that it's going to be in Pittsburgh. We might have a major issue on our hands when Cleveland goes to Pittsburgh in two weeks. But then again, so just to recap, 
Browns won 21-7, but that's just the underlying of the story as Garrett was ejected of striking Mason Rudolph, the quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers, with, with Mason Rudolph's helmet. All right. So staying on football, as I'm a little worked up about this situation, Colin Kaepernick will, uh, the NFL, this happened on Tuesday, will have a workout this Saturday regarding a football workout being led by Coach Hugh Jackson, set up by the NFL, uh, trying to, he heard about this on Tuesday, that he's going, the NFL assigned him to Saturday in the Atlanta Falcons facility, that he will go through a NFL, basically, combine-like workout, and go through different drills, and have different teams there. Uh, right now, there, there has been a commitment of 11 teams have committed, thir- and then you have two more that are interested. So I'm going to list off the teams for you. So you have the Arizona Cardinals, Atlanta Falcons, Cleveland Browns, Denver Broncos, Detroit Lions, Miami Dolphins, New England Patriots, New York Giants, New York Jets, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Washington Redskins. So those are the 11 that have committed to attending, at least sending a representative. And then sources have also said that the Dallas Cowboys and Seattle Seahawks will also be in attendance. And then um, Hugh Jackson, who was appointed to lead the workout, was only told on Thursday that he was going to do it. And he knows, as far as we know now, Colin is going to attend the workout on Saturday. Let's just make this very clear. This is his opportunity. Yes. Does it look like it's the NFL almost setting it up for failure, telling you on Tuesday for a workout on Saturday when teams are preparing for a game that they're playing on Sunday? Oh, 100%. You're not going to have the GMs there. You're not going to have the head coaches there. There's no way. They're all going to be preparing for the match on Sunday. Excuse me, the game on Sunday. But not in any way. Colin Kaepernick now has to, this is your chance, show up. Show out. Make them, make the team see that you are still in it to play football. There's going to be no questions regarding the kneeling. This is strictly a business-oriented workout. The questions are going to be more NFL-based, what he's going to be looking for, what he was willing to do for a team. And from what I've heard, that there are several teams extremely interested in potentially signing him. So what is the NFL's goal? Was it to shut him down? Or did they know something that a team wanted to hide behind the seal of the NFL and didn't want to take potential PR backlash for having him in for a personal workout? So this became an alternative to have him come out and do a NFL-ran workout. It makes no sense to me. I've never, we've never really heard of this other than the combine. No outside player has been brought in by the NFL to do a workout. So it's very intriguing to me to see that, oh, he found out on Tuesday that it's going to be on Saturday. It's at the Falcons facility who will be already gone at that point traveling for their road game. Again, no GMs, no head coaches. It'll be representatives, most likely scouts. They can't sign him right then and there. They can report back to saying, oh, yeah, they played really well or really bad. But Colin Kaepernick now has to show out. Otherwise, the NFL wins. This whole process 
But the real question is, nobody was really talking about this. This whole Colin Kaepernick situation had been sailed gone. No one was talking about it. And then the NFL brings it back in just for this week. It's very odd. Multiple sources that I've heard on ESPN have said, hey, maybe this was part of the collusion case that was part of the agreement. I, I find that very hard to believe, but like, there's got, from my opinion personally, I think that there's teams that are extremely interested, but they didn't want to bring him in, so they reached out to the NFL saying, hey, be our, can you rep, represent us so we don't take this potential backlash for our image and we'll put it under the NFL image? Because if it works out, the NFL looks like it's a win-win almost for the NFL because if he plays good, you get to bring him back into the league. It's strictly football. He does poorly. Hey, NFL, we gave you a shot. You can't say anything about it now. Everything's happened. You got your workout. We gave you the, every opportunity for you to get back into the league because of this opportunity we presented you on Saturday. Yes, short notice. It doesn't matter now. Colin Kaepernick had been raving for the past couple of months. Oh, I've been working out for three every day for the past three years, getting ready for an opportunity like this. Your opportunity has arrived. Yes, does it maybe more difficult than he would have thought? 100%. Don't matter. Show up and show out. Get it on the opportunity, take advantage of it, and play football. It's a combine-like workout. You're going to know pretty much every throw that Coach Jackson or former Coach Hugh Jackson will provide you. It's now an opportunity to say, hey, this is it. I'm going to take advantage of every second of it. One of his former uh, play, uh, former teammates, uh, Carolina's Panther safety, Eric Reed, thinks, he said, it feels disingenuous. I b- I'll believe it when I see it. At this point, it feels like a PR stunt. Could very well be. But Kaepernick has the opportunity if this workout is held from what I've heard. It's it's still happening as of today. It, ha- the, it will be tomorrow. Show up. If you play successful football, I don't see in any mindset that any team can say, there is no reason to sign you. And there's no doubt in my mind that he can't make a roster, that there are 64 quarterbacks in this NFL league better than him right now. You're out of your mind. He could probably start for a couple of the bottom teams. I'm a Washington Redskins fan. He could easily start for the Washington Redskins at this point. No offense to Dwayne Haskins, Case Keenum, or Colt McCoy. You guys have done... Haskins is a huge working project. And then Colt McCoy and Case Keenum. Case Keenum has done nothing since leaving Minnesota. He had one fluke year. Colt McCoy, no offense, Colt. You're a, you're a backup quarterback. You know the system like the back of your hand. Yes. So no doubt in my mind that he could easily make, potentially start for a couple teams, let alone make a roster. A roster. He can make a roster. So again, Colin Kaepernick, this is your opportunity. Grab it, take it, make it your own, 
play a quality, have a quality workout and say, here you go. Ball is in your court. All right, so for our last topic for uh, today, Carmelo Anthony will be, we're going to resort to the NBA, and Carmelo Anthony is now back in the NBA. He is signing a non-guaranteed deal with the Portland Trailblazers. No real uh, action about the deal is really released yet, but Anthony will be joining the Blazers on their upcoming six-game road trip, which will start Saturday against the Spurs in San Antonio. Portland has been very struggling this much this year at the bottom of the Western Conference with a 4-8 and eight record with a team that had definitely a potential of Western Conference Finals aspirations again like they did last year. And the real uh, interesting part about this was Carmelo had no interest in Portland when Portland had tried to reach out to him multiple times in the past several seasons by trying to sign him a free agency a couple years ago as well, try and trade for him. Uh, Damian Lillard had come out on publicly saying that they didn't think that he would be coming to Portland with his Twitter posts. Um, again, so Carmelo has been hasn't played a game since Houston, being in Houston at the beginning of now last year, I believe, early of last year. He signed that ten year deal. 10, not 10-year deal, excuse me. He played 10 games. But he can be a very good fit after Zach Collins went out with a shoulder injury. The Blazers have struggled in production. They ranked 27th in points per game, tied for 28th in assists, and last in field goal position coming out of their forwards this season. This team had NBA title potential aspirations. Carmelo, he's trying to go to a team that's trying to win a title. But yes, this is a opportunity for him. Carmelo, let's just say this, his first four, his drop off has been significant the past two seasons that he's played. First 14 years, 24.8 points per game, 45% from the field. And then now in the past two seasons, I mean last year was a little bit Harder to set gauge as he only played 10 games, but 15.9 points per game, 40% from the field. He's taking at least six less shots, and he's playing six less minutes. I think Carmelo is a huge, has a great opportunity to rejuvenate his career. No one said that he couldn't score and put the ball in the basket. He won the league scoring title in 2012 and 2013 with the New York Knicks. We all know of his offense potential. He could be a vital piece off the bench for this Portland team to get their turnaround. But we also have to see if Carmelo is willing to buy in. That's been a huge issue the past couple seasons with him. Well, Whether or not he will buy in to what Terry Stotts is trying to portray of whether he's going to start or if he's going to come off the bench. He needs to understand. He will needs to, hey, whatever role you get, take advantage of it. This is probably his last go-around of being able to go through uh, 
an NBA season and potentially make good make a deep playoff run. So let's go with Carmelo. He's, uh, he played for the Rockets last year for those ten game stints. He was a th- Thunder for the year when he, it was Paul George and Russell Westbrook, and then he was the guy on New York and Denver. And most of his success was in New York and Denver. He, the Thunder, he was very on and off, and then the Rockets, he only played ten games and he struggled, struggled admirably. It was very disappointing to see. This is a man that has always wanted nothing more than to compete in the NBA playoffs. He's been on some very disappointing franchises, especially with the New York Knicks. He had, there were pieces on the several of those teams, and then Denver as well, that they could have made a decent push. A Houston team last year, he had 10 games. That team had, again, Western Conference Finals potential. So we're going to really find out where Carmelo Anthony's head's at. He said it in multiple interviews. He will take any, posi- any opportunity he can get. The Portland was, is now his opportunity. He's got to take advantage of it. Again, we never thought Portland would be his landing spot. And personally, I didn't think Carmelo would step on the court again. And now here we go. And the NBA has been really grateful for him coming back. LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, his best friends, saying it's about time. And again, in 2017, Lillard, he told the undefeated, Marcus, Mark Spears, I didn't want to press him. I ain't a big fan of doing all the extra recruiting and all that stuff. I'm not giving up on anything. I just think I've done what I can do. I'm trying to get Anthony in 2017. But here we go. You have to think of it that way. And then he also said two months ago, he ain't Damian Lillard on at the on the Joe Budden podcast. He ain't coming here after two summers of trying to recruit Mellor. Well, he's there now, Dame. Figure it out. And here we go. So Isaiah Thomas, Enos Canster, all very. Adam spells Jamal Crawford about the support and their best friends, his best friends, Dwayne Wade and LeBron James. I think Portland has a lot of work to do still. There are a lot of missing holes. They're struggling on the defensive side of the ball. But definitely Ar- Carmelo brings a different element in from that forward position to help to score some baskets. So... Let's just recap what we talked about today. So the Cleveland Browns issue with Miles Garrett and the brawl that took place, as well as the Colin Kaepernick situation of him having his workout Saturday, as and Carmelo, Carmelo Anthony will be re- returning to the NBA. Miles Garrett, six-game suspension minimum. And then for Carmelo and Colin Kaepernick, Here's your opportunity. So here, many people thought that neither of these players would have a shot at redemption. Here's your shot at redemption. Show up and show out. Thank you again for listening to Final Whistle. I'm your host, Blaine Spencer.